After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials. We talk about good ones, we talk about bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Hez. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. That drop uh, from the Unicorn Poop commercial is only slightly... It's actually less weird than the product it's selling. How do you know about it? I've seen... I watch television that's fit for children. Do you really? Have you seen I that watch in a all while? television, as you mercilessly pointed out to me the other day. But I'm very interested in this because a couple of people... I saw that um, Lindy West was Instagramming about this crazy toy mm-hmm. where these unicorns, you fill them with goo. Right. And then you don't know whether they're going to spit the goo or poo the oh, goo. Oh, is that the game? I've just seen them I pooing guess. the goo. <laughs> There you go. Show um, title. And uh, don't don't poo the goo. Uh, and then I, I was looking around today. Some other people Is it sent edible me goo? It. Is it sugar goo? I don't think so. <laughs> what, a, what a magical time we live in. It's probably non-toxic, which Let's means it's hope. technically <laughs> I guess edible, edible, which is why I stopped there. But anyway, <laughs> it seems to be having a moment now. They have a whole line of products yeah. aimed at girls. Right. Um, and uh, I'm very surprised to know that you knew about that. I thought I'd be explaining it to you. No, I saw an ad for it, and I had the same reaction that any adult would have, which was, you know, mild horror. We live in an era where... I feel like there's a lot of unicorn poop in commercials. Yeah. There was the one... I, I blame Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty had that one. That was early when we started the show, right? Yeah. Um, they, they tried to show you how poo moves through the body, but made it more palatable by having unicorns poo sherbet. Ice cream I or something. Say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's two examples. Makes it a trend. It's not what we're here to talk about today. We are... What are we talking about today? I'll let you do it. Well, what we're talking about is uh, great news, actually. I don't know if you heard, but women have achieved full equality. Oh, nice. Yes. So women can have it all? Women can have it all, uh-huh. according to these advertisers who want you to buy their shit. <laughs> this is based on... Um, uh, oh, the, yes. The, we are mercilessly ripping off this ad in the <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we, you and I did not end up watching the Oscars. Last week, we did a whole kind of Oscars preview show. Yes, but I've made my position on the Oscars clear. Yes, have I. Um... File and, under also with the Olympics. And, I don't like anything that is that that people like. So uh, after the Oscars, we saw several headlines, including the this one from Ad Age, which we're basically just ripping off today. Uh, the headline from Ad Age is the Oscars moves the needle on gender equality in its commercials. In the commercials, <laughs> the commercial was a woman. <laughs> Can we call the show? Yeah, that? I think we should. So anyway, uh, we will go over. Um, some of the uh, some of the ads that Ad Age points out that have moved the needle on have, equality. Thank you. The needle on equality. Yes. In, in some cases, I would say it's moved it back, but whatever. Yes, we'll get to that in a second. Arguably. Yeah, they didn't say which way they moved it. Plus, you have another commercial in the news. Yes, that I don't we're know cheating about. a little bit because all of our 
content today comes from the news. Is that also from Ad Age? It's also from Ad Age. We we arbitrarily called one our, our A sex our A segment and uh, the another story our B segment. I think Ad Age actually has its own podcast now. I remember we Do reached they out really? to that. One of them does either them Damn or Ad them. Week, and we I offered out to, to be their podcast. <laughs> I know. And all we're Ad Age. All we're doing is talking about your articles. I know. Why don't you pay we us? We are basically. You know. I did not say they had to pay us. I said they should host us. I know. Um, anyway, and we will check in with the Ad Council. I saw that you are very, very excited yes. about some disaster of a commercial. There is this. It, I don't even know how to describe it, but I want to say thank you to listener Ryan in advance because this thing is a work of art. All right. I have no idea what that is. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. But uh, let's start with this. Something I was going to call I Am Woman, Hear Me Sell. I am woman, hear me roar. And numbers too big to ignore. And I'm not too much to go back and pretend. Cause I've heard it all before. And I've been down there on the floor. No one's ever gonna keep me down again. All right, so um, the first ad, which now that I've seen it, you put in the show sheet. I realized what everybody on uh, Twitter and Instagram was talking about on Sunday night. I had no idea. I saw a bunch of clips of this commercial, and it just didn't seem worth clicking on to me. Uh, but I guess it's a, a Nike commercial, part of the Dream Crazier campaign that I think uh, Colin Kaepernick kicked off mm-hmm. controversially. Right. Uh, causing some uh, poor dumb sucker in the heartland to get his his sports store closed down. <laughs> right. But this one, I guess, stars Serena Williams, or at least she is the voiceover. She's on the this voice one, of right? it, and I think the spirit of it as well. So, what's happening in this thing? Um, you're going to hear Serena Williams voicing this over, and, and for each, uh, each thing that she describes as being, uh, she's describing a lot of. Uh, women athletes who who broke barriers and each time you're hearing her say they thought it was crazy when you're seeing the athlete the the female athlete who who broke that barrier who was the first athlete to uh first woman to run a marathon or the first woman to box or Mm -hmm. you know all the things that women were told they couldn't do play football whatever um and she talks about how uh they're defying expectations. But let me let her say it, because I think she, this is actually a pretty great ad. And it's a beefy one, too. This was a 90-second commercial. I'm pretty sure the whole thing ran during the Oscars. Yeah, I, I think so. If we show emotion, we're called dramatic. If we want to play against men, we're nuts. And if we dream of equal opportunity, delusional. When we stand for something, we're unhinged. It's super, it's gonna need to calm down. When we're too good, there's something wrong with us. And if we get angry, we're hysterical, irrational, or just being crazy. But a woman running a marathon was crazy. Officials tried to pull her off the course. A woman boxing was crazy. A woman dunking? Crazy. Coaching an NBA team. Crazy. A woman competing in a hijab, changing her sport, landing a double cork 1080, or winning 23 grand slams, having a baby, and then coming back for more. Crazy, 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 and crazy. So if they want to call you crazy, fine. Show them what crazy can do. 
end it says it's only crazy until you do it just do it um i like the commercial i just don't understand why they would choose her for the spokesperson <laughs> and of course the the person who was narrating that was the person who won the 23 grand slam right she mentions herself in there and had a baby and came back um that is a that commercial really moves me i gotta be honest like especially in and and i mean we've seen a million ads from nike and other um sports apparel manufacturers that showcase both men and women who overcome incredible odds achieve great things i actually think the most powerful part of that for me is during that part where she says if if we show emotion if we get angry if we push back they show a bunch of um both coaches and athletes who are like getting angry on the field or on the court you know like throwing rackets, shouting at refs, that kind of thing. Behavior that we see from male athletes all the time and it's just par for the course. And like they might be characterized as a hothead, but it's not like a liability for them in their position. And actually that part to me was the most moving because that's what equality looks like. I am going to... Okay. Are you sitting down? You're sitting down. (laughs) Stand up and sit back down. I am about to say the most obnoxious white male thing in the world but it was something that but i mean we'll we'll talk it through um and i'm sure i'll come around i gotta say i'm the sue bird thing really stood out to me because i'm a fan of sue bird uh plays in the wnba yeah uh, if you didn't if you couldn't hear it at one point i think during that montage of women athletes getting angry um, she re- you, they show Sue Bird, and you can hear an announcer saying something like, Sue Bird needs to calm down out Right, there. exactly, which is so um, so triggering. As a matter of fact, uh, Luke and I were just talking on TBTL today. I think there's a, a funny line in that uh, Cardi B song I was playing for you when we were in Hawaii last week where the the the, the, the fellow who's rapping, I'm butchering this, but the fellow who's rapping says something about uh, women need to calm down and she's like, calm down for what? Like it's a statement on like, who the fuck needs to calm down? You know, like telling a woman or anybody to calm down yeah. is, is not great. But I, I gotta say, I understand the intensity of everything they're building around, but I've watched plenty of football games where if you get in the face of a referee, yeah. the announcer is always going to say he needs to calm down yeah. or he needs to. I'm not saying that no announcers. I'm not saying that the announcer in that case was particularly at fault or or more gender biased than the average. But it is reflective. It is it is a it is a symbol of a larger uh, tone about the in the way that women are discussed in sports and their and their emotional um, responses are discussed in sports. I mean, uh, do you remember? This was actually speaking of Serena Williams. Recently, she lost a really important tournament. I forget. I think it was probably a major. I can't remember now um, because the uh, she, because she she kind of like mouthed off or said. Or I wasn't even like mouthing off. I think she like threw something or it was like a minor sort of like emotional response to a bad call that the line judge made. And it essentially kind of took the it took it it, it allowed the win to go to her opponent who probably shouldn't have won it. Um, and it was a it was a, it was a travesty, right? I mean, everybody lost in that the the woman who was who was awarded the title. Felt like she was, you know, sort of won it under with an asterisk. Uh, Serena Williams, of course, felt, you know, robbed of a title. And, you know, we and, and at the time there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of coverage of that and saying like men do these kinds of things. They push back on umpires all the time and they are treated differently. So was that one announcer in the case of Sue Bird, um, you know, out of like was he was he making a sexist comment? Probably not. But the world makes that sexist comment every day in a million different ways. 
Well, actually, Genevieve, no, that's not true. Uh, no, no, that that's well put. And and I know that I was I was like um, I wasn't trying to undermine the whole commercial with that. It was like this one little point that I knew I was kind of pulling out of context because it works within the the yeah, message of exactly. the commercial. It, certainly, it, it yeah. is. It speaks to the broader message, even if during that game it was probably unremarkable. Yeah, um, yeah. I remembered. I had uh, like only kind of paid attention to the very edges of that Serena Williams story. I'm looking here, the headline, Serena Williams calls umpire a liar and a thief as uh, Naomi Osaka wins. That sounds like something that happened after the match, though. So it says that she, uh, she it was like the third time that she did some finger pointing at the line judge for calling a foot foul. Or No, no, I think I'm going back in time here. So anyway, I vaguely remember. I wish I knew more about that instance that you were talking about. But you're right. Serena Williams. Is it was the a pretty per- clear case of gender bias. And and she's the perfect spokesperson for this ad. Boy, isn't And she? would have been before that. But I didn't even remember that in the context of this commercial. And I yeah. don't think they used any footage of that. I anymore. don't think so either. There is one tennis player um, that they show that I wondered if I don't know what uh, Jennifer Osaka looks like um, but I wondered if it, that would be quite a move to have her showcased in a commercial that's narrated by Serena Williams my guess is that would be kind of and I think classless. it would have come up it would be and I think yeah. it would have come up in the social media yeah, <laughs> discussions sure, of sure, this yeah. alright so let's move on to this next one uh, this is but for I say good on Nike yeah, good on Nike good for making Kaepernick their spokesman yeah. good on Nike for making this Get rid of the sweatshops and like I'm Team Nike. Um, make shoes that don't fall apart in the middle of a college basketball <laughs> I know, game. <laughs> that lay out star players. Um, yeah, the, no, it's the nice footage to see of Obama that. saying his shoe broke is the funniest. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. It's a tragedy, obviously, but like, uh, you know, it's crazy to me. It's just it's just a crazy story. It's nice to see Nike start to develop kind of a, a budget for advertising <laughs> and like kind of to create these more like kind of high profile kind of campaigns. Yeah, for we once. Really, we haven't really seen, seen that before. Yeah, Nike, come on. Show us who you are. You know, that was Wyden Kennedy that did that. It, it, I've always been somewhat... I don't know much about the advertising business, as listeners to this show know. I honestly Stipulated. don't. I don't know much about the um, about the history of the, uh, the the creative agencies behind a lot of these. Obviously, Wyden Kennedy, one of the biggest ones, as far as its name is attached to so many famous, iconic commercials. And I always think, yeah, they're right there in Portland. You know, that's an interesting place. It's not L.A. or New yeah. York. And now I'm thinking, oh, they just did this Nike commercial. Have they? Is one of the reasons they're so big is because they are in the same town as or they're so close yeah. to Nike headquarters and maybe they which were came first? Early. Yeah, I, wonder, I mean, yeah, I wonder who, if who they knows? owe a lot to Nike for their prominence in, in it the It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I you know, I used to work for a firm that basically got big because they were with Microsoft from the mm-hmm. early days. Yeah. Um and so it can happen. You know, you can have two two companies that have a kind of symbiotic relationship like that. Uh, moving on to IBM, this ad is called Dear Tech and it's like it's it's um you'll hear it is another um uh, exposition uh style uh commercial. It's got a bunch of Famous people, and I've written down a few. There are some I bet you that I'm missing. I think everyone in this, I got the sense. You know how sometimes you can tell? Like, yeah. I, I should, I'm supposed to either know who this person is or they're signaling to me by the by the visibility and high profileness of the other people in it that this is someone important in their mm-hmm. field. This yeah. is like our country's number one 
astrophysicist or whomever, you know. I can't remember who the first voice is. It is it Mayim I think it's Mayim Bialik. Mayim Bialik. Um Blossom. Blossom. Um but also Tarana Burke is in this. She's the founder of the Me Too movement. Jo- uh, Janelle Monet, um uh Buzz Aldrin. I didn't recognize him, which is is weird. By the way, I don't know if this is sexist. Um when I was trying to look up uh who was in this ad in the official listing of this on iSpot which is the website where we get a lot of these and where you kind of get all the technical details of the commercial he's listed first in a field full of women in this commercial was, that's it, al- to be- was it alphabetical no because I, I checked that because then it was it was Buzz Aldrin and then I believe it was Monet and then Bialik oh. and so and I was like oh I wonder if anyway um, did I Ariana Huffington you'll hear her familiar voice in this and like I say it's kind of it's like an open letter to the tech industry saying do better and it's a commercial for or IBM. Dear Tech. Dear Tech. Let's talk. We have a pretty good relationship. You've done a lot of good for the world. But I feel like you have the potential to do so much more. Are you working for all of us or just a few of us? Can we build AI without bias? AI that fights bias. AI that helps us see the bias in ourselves. We need tech that helps people understand each other. That understands my business. Dear tech. Dear tech. Dear tech. Dear tech. Let's champion data rights as human rights. Let's use blockchain to help reduce poverty. Let's develop new solutions with the help of quantum technology. Let's show girls that STEM isn't just a boys club. Let's make a difference in people's lives. Let's do it all together. Let's expect more from technology. Let's put smart to work. IBM, what do you want us to buy? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I was reading some coverage of this ad today, um, some uh, clickbait outrage manufacturer on Slate. And I read that too. I was like, oh, somebody's got an interesting take on this. Yeah. And I read this. I was like, nope. You are trying so hard to miss the point just so you can fill some space. And actually, um, somebody, <laughs> actually, actually, can we ban ac- that? Can we actually, ban that word? Uh, as it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking in the comments because I was like, I feel like this article, this author of this article is just sort of willfully missing the point. Uh, and uh, there was an interesting comment in the th- in the comment thread from someone who said, I'm in advertising. The author is missing the point. Um, this ad was not aimed at you, the author, or even you, the consumer. This is a B2B commercial. It's aimed at both kind of upping brand uh, recognition and awareness and general positive feelings. Uh, sort of uh, unaided recall, things like that, uh, affinity, all these sort of metrics that ad, ad people, ad wizards use, but that the real consumer of IBM's products are, are businesses who buy uh, enterprise technology. Mm-hmm. Like Watson is now being sold like Watson for medicine or mm-hmm. Watson for you know oncology or stuff like mm-hmm. that. So the, the target of this ad, what they want, you to buy is nothing they just want you to generally feel good about ibm um if you are the um it if you're the uh, you know cto of after these messages incorporated Mm -hmm. which you probably are actually (laughs) because it's not me what is the t stand for technology (laughs) Technology. okay all right see i'm all right i'm a good cto um then you know then you're you might be in the market for some you know business level uh technology solution 
Uh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe you want to buy it from IBM. Right. Yeah. You know, and like you have a good feeling about them and you feel like they're smart. And but you air it during the Oscars more as just kind of you're hitting the general public just to have this sort of brand. Because I feel like as long as I almost as long as I've been alive, the point of IBM has been it's just giant tech it's it, i mean i think there was a time when i was a kid where you could go buy an ibm product and i'm sure you yeah, still you can, can buy a computer you but like it quickly just became this idea of something that's bigger than us and it's just like we, you want everybody to feel good about that idea yeah, like i think what they're thinking is like yes in one way you want the world to feel good about it. you want the average you know joe blow consumer to feel good about it the other thing about the oscars compared to the Super Bowl and I read this about another about the Budweiser ad we're going to talk about is that it it's a slightly like it's an audience that's going to buy slightly more like like luxury products and by I guess by extension it would might include more uh, business decision makers um, such as CTOs like yourself. Mm-hmm. It stands for technology. It stands for technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah what do you think about the ad it just seems to me uh, to be it feels, pablum. Like, it feels like pablum. Yeah. It absolutely feels like just like platitudes and meaninglessness. And Maya Bialik can get off her high horse about equality because she represents a she works on a show that has done nothing but like oh, send women back gender stereotypes and reinforce yeah. uh, gender stereotypes. Not blossom. We're talking about here. We're, we're no, how I met your nerd. Not how I met your nerd. Yeah, how, how I met your how nerd. I met your nerd. As we as we call the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory. I literally can never think of the real name of that show. <laughs> I, we only call it How I Met Your Nerd. Um, yeah, and you didn't see the visuals, obviously, that go along with that, dear listener, um, unless you watch the show. But they're exactly what you're expecting. Yeah. Just like these big, sweet, like, for some reason that is unexplained, Ariana Grande one, is one like under a, under a bridge. Where, but it's like all these big, wide shots where the person is smack dab in the middle yep. talking directly to it. Uh, uh, Maya Bialik, I always say her name wrong, is in the theater, but she's... Everybody's center, addressing yeah, the camera. Addressing the camera. Um, it's just kind of a boring corporate-y, yeah. we can all do better kind of commercial. Yeah. I don't do it. Does it? But here's the question for you, Genevieve. Does it move the needle on gender equality? <laughs> I would argue that this doesn't, and in fact, is not even really intended to. There's a, some lip service in there. And this is this move, this commercial should be called lip service. There's some lip uh, service in there to like, um, you know, increasing women in STEM mm-hmm. or, you know, reducing bias, which can mean a lot of things. The one thing that jumped out at me, probably because I happened to hear an NPR story about it this morning, is using blockchain to reduce poverty. Um, I do not understand blockchain. Mm-hmm. I understand it has something to do with like a math equation gets solved by a special person and it makes your computer really hot because <laughs> when you're yes. mining it makes a computer hot which is why it takes up so much energy to keep the computers cool right I, know that. So. I am a cto though i'm not trying to talk over <laughs> your head so we've as we've just explained blockchain uh math equations makes computers hot uh but you know blockchain is what makes cryptocurrency possible mm-hmm. um and of course cryptocurrency like took a huge dive uh last year but there's these uh, there are these communities where there's like they're really cash poor because for whatever reason like they're in developing countries and like the cash never really comes into the communities because of the way the local economy is and uh, using like local small mini versions of cryptocurrency they can create uh, use that rely on blockchain so they're secure they can create these like local currencies that work within these small communities so it does like create cash flow within poor communities. I, that's like, I just, please don't I, ask me to explain it. Yeah, anymore no, than it's that. so confusing but to me. It sounded like 
pretty cool. But also, yeah. they told us the same thing about microfinance like 20 years ago. Oh, so. yeah. And that didn't really, I guess. I don't know. Did that's it? The one, that's not one of those things where someone, there's a version Someone of at that, me if I, yeah. microfinance like solved poverty. I do think, though, you kind of dismissed the idea of implicit bias. And I actually think that is something that is going to be huge. And I do think this commercial is referring to it, the implicit bias in artificial intelligence. Yeah, that's um, a big problem. And, and that's, you know, I was listening to, God, on Sunday I listened to like a hundred podcasts in a row. A lot of them were kind of political oriented. And then one of them, somebody was talking about how we shouldn't be so afraid to use certain algorithms to figure out... Um, uh, figure out how much somebody should pay in bail. Not that we want any kind of bias in there, but, you know, an algorithm doesn't have to be a computer. A human brain can do the math on an algorithm. And yeah. if an algorithm is fill out this list of 20 questions and is the is the suspect blank, is the suspect blank, you know, like priors, whatever. Mm -hmm. You can fill out all these things. And ability then, to flee, like sure, exactly. markers of ability to flee. Right. And then you could figure out, is this person somebody who should be, um, who bail should be available for? Um, but the problem, and, and so they were saying, there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but it's just that we have this human bias that goes into it too, such as race and poverty and you know class and all these things and we need to make sure that the people who are building the ai like that right. implicit bias gets built into the ai yeah. the so, technology is not moral one way or the other the people who build it are right and so as we start to see more and more ai and things that was like a really weird out of left field example that I gave that I didn't probably have to give to make that point. But. Well, there's, I mean, the, the examples that get used the most are like facial recognition, yeah, definitely. Um, which can be used for really nefarious purposes. Um, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not saying that it's a good thing, but it's mm -hmm. one thing for um, facial recognition to um, not see darker skin as clearly as mm -hmm. lighter skin. I mean, that's, we've had that problem since photography was invented because yep. um, white is always the standard. But it's really dangerous when we're talking about like using it for crime uh, deterrent or solving purposes. Mm -hmm. right. Um, all right, let's talk about Cadillac here. They launched a new campaign called Rise Above that actually even went to, I, I think they had some sort of red uh, carpet component. Were you reading about this too? Somehow Cadillac bought some sort of a, a special thing on the red carpet so they were represented in some sort of a let's just say technologically doohickey kind of way. <laughs> Again, not trying to talk over your heads here. Um, I didn't really follow that too much because I was more interested in the commercials themselves. And they launched this campaign that is their Rise Above campaign, hashtag Rise Above, um, with a series of ads, uh, as Ad Age says here, uh, featuring women at the wheel. Now, this first one is like the inspirational one. There are very few words. It's a bunch of images with inspiring music. We'll try to walk you through this a little bit. See a little girl on the playground trying to be strong on the monkey bars. We see various people, not all women, but a lot of women in uh, situations like that. Right now, there's a woman in an award ceremony who's being celebrated. There's a woman in a boxing ring who's standing up and ready to rise above. 
This uh, performer is ready to rise above. It's just a bunch of kind of inspiring images. Two women in an ele- in a glass elevator going up. It's typically women in situations that seem to be um, opportunities for them to celebrate or triumph. Yes, and you see a bunch of uh, feet of women getting into the cars. And from seeing other um, ads in this campaign, I see the one, I recognize those boots. She's a fighter pilot who's driving this car, and we'll see her in a oh, later okay. ad. Okay, so this is kind of like a... Roundup of a roundup of all of these accomplished, awesome women. In one way or another, there's one man in the campaign, and we saw glimpses of him. And he's not a white man. I think that's on purpose as well. He's an African American man, I think, and I think he's maybe a performer. I'm not sure, but he's rising above in his own way. Um, So that one is just kind of setting the stage. Very. Just kind of like, again, kind of giving you tonal. a good feeling yeah. at the tonal. But then they broke them up into these individual stories. And I really did like this one. This one is funny. Um, and it's not what I like about this is it's not especially girl power. Do you know the one I'm going to play, by the way? Uh, I think so. It's the one with the woman in the car. And she's clearly like. Just the conference call. Yeah, one? she's yeah. An, she's an executive and she's driving in her uh, fancy. S- is it the escapade? Escape the escape. I don't. By the way, these cars are all so ugly to me. I kind of got my own implicit bias when it comes to that. But it is kind of cool because she is clearly like the the boss. She's like a powerful executive, and she's driving her car. And then she gets the uh, phone call for the conference call she's supposed to be on, but she doesn't want to take it, so she pretends like uh, it's a bad connection. Hey, we need to conference you in now. Alan, is that you? You know who it is. Uh... What? Alan! Yeah? Perception! That's the noise you're making with your mouth. You need to enunciate. I can't hear you. I know you can hear me. You owe me. She just goes silent at the end. Uh, That joke killed me when I saw it in uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure when I was a kid. Do you remember that one? (laughs) No. He's on the phone with Dottie. He's like, sorry, Dottie, I can't hear you. Bad imitation, but uh, that's just a good, charming, funny commercial. It just happens to be that the woman is the person who's kind of the powerful one who's trying to duck out, which I think in a lot of cases that would be a dude. Yeah, we have seen a number of car ads where the idea is escape your your corporate job for the day or forever um, and take to the open road. I think her performance is great. I like the actress. Yeah, she seemed pretty good. Um, I think it's a if we're talking, if we're filing this under female empowerment i think ditching out on work is kind of a dubious message but i don't think i also think that this ad age um roundup of you know moving the needle on women is a little bit of a an artificial bucket that they've put these ads into i mean so then if we're stealing the bucket what is that if they're so if they're lazy just trying to come up with the concept then we steal their concept what does that say about us look i'm not a proud person um i mean i think the um the it's only crazy uh, the dream crazy one by Nike is like unequivocally uh, both about women's empowerment and I think effective at, mm-hmm. in moving the needle, whatever that looks like. But, you know, I I, I was I think it was a great ad in that mm-hmm. way. Um, the IBM one, I think, was mostly pablum and but it's still aimed at equality. Like I just it, it feels very like a 2019 commercial to me. Yeah. But I just think if we're talking about women's empowerment, it was a, a component of that, but is there some danger or is there anything, do we, do we want to be careful, in other words, about just 
lumping in oh it's women's it's women's equality like put it in there with the other uh you know special mm-hmm. causes right i guess here's the deal and i'm not trying to like nitpick or argue the point too much i under I don't think all these commercials are great. I agree that the IBM one was pablum, but I also don't think it's that much of a stretch for uh, Ad Age to group all of these together because they do all feel like they are commercials that are trying to be of the moment when it comes to featuring women and kind of marking this moment in time to varying degrees of success. Yeah, it's hard to imagine a Cadillac campaign from even 10 years ago sure. that primarily featured women, uh, particularly in roles of like professional power mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, un- in unconventional roles like fighter pilot or whatever. And the, and the women, I, I mean, there's something very symbolic about the, the two women in the glass elevator going up the side of the building, going to the top kind of, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think that that's not yeah. an No, I don't think it's accidental either. I, yeah. I, I agree. I think that the, um, the Cadillac one is uh, definitely falls into this category it's just um it's kind of a they do a a fairly subtle job of it i think 10 years ago it would have been four men and one woman Mm -hmm, right yeah and this year it's four women and one man of color of color yeah um okay now this next one and i believe it's our final example um or maybe we'll say their final example uh, to give adage their due. Look, uh, they they had the opportunity to be the <laughs> sole sponsors. purveyors of after these messages. Wh- whatever the shit this is. Um, this one maybe does move the needle, yeah. but maybe not in the right way. All right, you have a lot to say on this. I'll let you take oh it Oh my here. gosh, this is so irritating. This is an ad that was intended, or at least initially uh, slated to run during the Super Bowl. And I actually think it would have been a much better fit, sort of emotionally, tonally for the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Um, it's an ad for Budweiser Reserve, which is a kind of Budweiser where they age their shitty beer on, uh, like bourbon, the staves of a bourbon barrel so that it has, I guess, like a bourbon flavor. Mm. Sounds gross. Anyway. I like to keep my, I like to let my Budweiser age behind the washing machine. Yeah, right. It's just how I do it. Yes. Um, so... To advertise this super fancy Budweiser, um, they decided to hold the commercial for the Oscars because, according to some coverage that I read, uh, it is a more luxury, it's a a crowd that's more likely to buy luxury goods. Uh, And insofar as Budweiser Reserve qualifies as a luxury good, uh, here we go. So this is uh, Charlize Theron, um, incredibly beautiful actress, is sitting at a bar, kind of a divey looking bar. Um, she orders a Budweiser Reserve, and once she's holding it, she suddenly realizes that there's some yahoos in this bar, some men who uh, are playing pool. And so she goes and schools them at pool without spilling a drop of her beer. She, you'll see her say, hold my beer, and then she decides, no, no I'll I, hold my I'll beer. I'll hold my own beer. Uh, Which I, it's never clear how she plays pool while holding her beer. Yeah, they show her taking a shot with one-handed with the pool cue, and like, which is not how you shoot pool. Mm-hmm. And then magically it works. Mm-hmm. And then she goes on a throw d- to just be amazing at darts, to be amazing at arm wrestling. P.S. I could beat Charlize Theron at arm wrestling. 
So give me a fucking break. Genevieve is very proud of her arm wrestling. She got a job one saying, time like, by arm wrestling. You know with what? Her Put Serena boss. Williams in this commercial, and maybe I'll be interested mm-hmm. because she could actually. She's actually sure, an yeah. athlete. Like, like this have is Serena just... Williams come in and school them at ping pong. Although yes. was that was that a commercial for a while? There's, there's a green room ping pong. Yes, commercial I forget if it was a commercial or just a bit. But she and I want to say Steph Curry, maybe. Yes, it like, was a commercial because I saw it a lot. I really liked it. I yeah, thought it was, was great. charming. Actually. I mean, they're both so charming. Yeah. I mean, I just, this whole thing, if you remember the cool girl speech from um, Gone Girl, it's kind of iconic. In Gone Girl, and and it's become kind of a meme, I guess, there's this idea of the cool girl and the way that um, women are expected to not only be beautiful and uh, perfect, but also drink beer and, and watch football and uh, be whatever their man thinks is fun or cool. And... Watching this Budweiser ad, which we'll play in a minute here, watching this Budweiser ad, there's nothing about Charlize Theron that isn't a total male fantasy. Oh, my God. She's a gorgeous blonde who mm-hmm. drinks beer and likes the flavor of bourbon and, com- and and is awesome at pool and darts. And she likes to arm wrestle. Mm-hmm. And I bet she knows how football works. Mm-hmm. And um, I bet that, you know, it, it's just it's such a male fantasy packaged up to us as if she is somehow empowering uh, like mm-hmm. women. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I mean, put you know what? Put Melissa McCarthy in that role and I'll watch it. Right. Hey, you know, I actually don't remember that. Uh, Not because Melissa McCarthy is like hideous or ugly, but no, like more. stop packaging. Stop telling me that this fantasy that is Charlize Theron is in some way like bucking a trend. Do you mind if we take a listen? I did not remember the cool girl monologue, but I've got it here, and it sounds It gets pretty but... dirty, I will oh, tell you, because I went and listened to it, and I almost dropped oh. it in, and it's also like, it's kind of it's kind of long, and it has a lot to do with the plot of the movie, so it's okay, sort so of... Okay, so never mind then. Okay. I mean, if you but saw I, Gone Girl... I know the type of thing that you're talking about, though, and I remember having this kind of conversation with you a long time ago, like... You know, I'm, I'm, you're not not a feminist if you're somebody who fits into the stereotype. But like, feminism doesn't mean being able to hang with the boys and saying yeah. the p word. You That's know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like it's so. Anyway, here is uh, Charlize Theron. The best part of this, honestly, is the comments in the comment section on YouTube <laughs> by a bunch of guys who are offended by this super right. feminist I'm, ad. I'm triggered on one end of this thing, and they're triggered on the other it's end, hilarious. which is like, how dare they say that women are good at pool? We'll we'll uh, we'll share those in a moment. Here does not look good. So Charlize is hearing all this hooting and hollering and decides to go over Hold and my beer. play pool. Actually. She holds it herself. She puts this song on the jukebox. Magically plays pool one-handed. I mean, it betrays a fundamental misunderstanding of how beer works and pool. Oh, she has some sort of a strength competition where you punch it. This seems like a lot of games in this bar. You know that seems like a fun bar. I will give. I will say that for this commercial, I would go to this bar. Budweiser Reserve Copper Lager. There's a new bud in town. And as one of the articles that I read about this uh, 
correctly noted, the lyrics of Tricky yeah. are super misogynistic. It was actually Ad Age again. Um, they say, originally it's slated for Super Bowl, saved for Oscars instead. The soundtrack suggests how hard it is to get the tone right in these things. The ad is set to run DMC's Tricky. Sample lyrics from the song, these girls are really sleazy. All they just say is please me. Yeah. So obviously that those are not featured in there. Um, and so anyway, here, here are some of the comments. Uh, this is from Rand Wolf. Women are good at everything. Men are so bad. We don't like males. Drink our beer. Love Budweiser. Identity politics is brain AIDS. <laughs> Have you read these yet? Some these are them. amazing. Um, somebody else, Gabe the Dizzle, says, What a perfect metaphor for female supremacy. Every time a guy is enjoying himself, pretend a celebrity can beat him at a skill they don't have through the magic of feminist materialism and media brainwashing. Did these guys get lost on the way to the incel chat room? <laughs> I think so. No, they found YouTube. Uh, Junior uh, says, A feminist walk into a bar and suddenly everyone is inferior. Lol. Budweiser presents toxic femininity. What uh, these guys are totally missing is that this is aimed at them. It is supposed to be a boner machine for yeah. them. It's for you, Gabe Dizzle. Uh, Johnny Rockslide, who's got the um, the Pepe the Frog uh, icon, says, We hate men. Please drink our beer. <laughs> um, we, this commercial is all about loving men. Oh, my God. Another anti-male ad from a megacorp. Oh, my God. Get woke, go broke. <laughs> Commercials in the news. Okay, I am very excited to tell you about this ad age content that we're stealing because. Oh, yeah. What is this? I don't even know about this. Uh, this is an article headlined Burger King is, quote, very proud. It's Andy Warhol's Super Bowl spot flunked the ad meter. So you remember the Andy Warhol yeah. Super Bowl spot? You were a fan, if I recall. Yeah, it was just a little bit of old documentary footage that they didn't really do anything to of him just... It was from some old documentary that showed a bunch of people doing American things from the 70s. And in it, I think Andy Warhol eat, like unwraps and eats a hamburger from Burger King for about five minutes of the film. And that's it. Still shot of him doing it. And they turned that into like a 90-second ad or something. Yeah, and it was, it was sort of, um, you know, it, it was radically simple unadorned like really tonally kind of weird and mm -hmm. surprising and and actually one of the interesting th uh, metrics that did come out of this uh is like and you did this too was everybody was like googling andy warhol like is this real is this really him uh mm -hmm. also is andy warhol alive was apparently a oh i knew that andy warhol <laughs> yes i know you knew that uh, anyway it totally flunked all of the conventional sort of ways of measuring the success of a Super Bowl ad or the rankings that come out with that, um, all the things that they measure ads for, like favorability, uh, you know, brand recognition, all those sort of things. Um, but Burger, Burger King, like the honey, like the fabled honey badger, don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to read you. I just wanted to read this whole article, basically. You, you're going to have to stop me from just, no, just read it. I, reading yeah. this article top to bottom. So Burger King Global Chief Marketing Officer Fernando Machado um, has uh, is, is the chief honey badger. Um, and he said right before the ad ran about the risk that they were taking, it's so radically different. I'm shitting my pants, <laughs> which is a great quote. 
Wait, what? Who's that's the that's, that's the chief marketing officer. He said it's so radically different. I'm shitting he my pants. He said this before it ran. Yeah, he was quoted as saying, "I'm shitting my pants." Wow. So, um then He the, needs a chief marketing this officer. This is that age. Uh, by a lot of measures, the CMO might need to change his slacks again. Mm, droll. Because Ace Metrics's quantitative scores for the restaurant uh, ad showed that Eat Like Andy, which was the name of the spot, was, was the like weakest Andy. performer on every metric it tracks, trailing spots from McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's, and Subway. Um, and that's going back to like restaurants. That's all the restaurant Super Bowl ads since 2010. Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. Like, uh, like all of its, you know... Um, Industry competitors, basically. Don't go arty, I guess. Don't um, go simple and arty. Again, I can't stress this enough. Burger King, don't curve. Uh-huh. Um, among all your Super Bowl ads, um, Ace Metrics, again, this, like, you know, metric company, said it came in second in only two categories, which are Erie and WTF, mm-hmm. which I love that there's a category that metrics, yeah. Ace Metrics uses called WTF mm-hmm. and Erie. Um, they said the commercial was the lowest scoring ad in the USA Today ad meter in 58th place. Which, how is that even possible? Did they not see the avocados from Mexico ad? That thing was a mess. Well, I, yeah. Which, what I, about the Kia ad? Like, we're so poor, we make Kias. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I got to say, it wasn't it's so my far, favorite, like, but it I'm, wasn't the worst. I'm kind of joining, I'm I'm kind of joining Burger King so far. And yes. It's like, we don't give a fuck. This, uh, this Machado guy will bring you around. I was... Skeptical at first, but okay, I'm totally good. coming around. Because I really like the ad. Like, they went for something different and arty and quiet. Yes. Uh, Machado says, we're very proud of that uh, 58th place ranking. Ad meter was never our objective. Good. Um, I'm not concerned about any ranking. Instead, he says, the brand was looking for an uptick in perception, which he believes it achieved. We don't care much because we know the results we've got. We have never seen such a strong shift in brand attributes like the one we've seen with this campaign. And I want to say, you and I totally nailed this and called it because... You know how we talk about Wendy's all the time and how, like, they've really figured out their social mm-hmm. identity and, like, who they are on social. And it's, like, this snarky kind of, like, bra- slightly bratty but very, like, you know, punchy kind of social media, yeah. like, combative social media per- um, uh, persona. Really kind of blazed a path there. Yeah. And we think Burger King, or we said Burger King, like, was really making a deliberate stand here with this tonal ad because it was like we're the sort of we're the more absurdist surreal kind of out there slightly spacey answer to wendy's social media persona Mm -hmm. and i think that's really clear they they don't use those exact words but i think it's really coming through with this and that they're right um early social media buzz showed about a quarter of people had negative reactions to the ad but machado says burger king expected it to spark confusion and that confusion usually leads to negativity but once people began looking into it um, with people sharing Eat Like Andy images and videos and checking out the the full film that you mentioned, mm-hmm. the kind of documentary film. Oh, it came out in 82, not yeah. the 70s. My apologies. Um, that the sentiment shifted in a more positive direction. Uh, the whole campaign was designed to create conversation. Now, some he says, this is Machado. Now, sometimes when people say, oh, it was just designed to create conversation, yeah. I think that's total bullshit. Yeah. In this case, I think that they were absolutely intentional in that way. Um, and this is, <laughs> I think this is my, maybe my favorite quote. Uh, again, Machado, who was a quote machine. It's not a spot that offends you or challenges your belief system. No one will stop eating at Burger King because we aired a spot with Andy Warhol eating a burger. And that's <laughs> yeah. a great point, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's weird. It it might not. It wasn't my cup of tea. It didn't like leave me, you know, feeling one way or another about Burger King. But I'm certainly not mad at it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like, oh, this is like 
I'm triggered in some way, you know? And somehow, for me, maybe this is a nostalgia thing, but just seeing somebody unwrap an old school looking burger gave me the feeling that I wanted to be unwrapping a burger. Like, <laughs> yeah. for real. I mean, like anytime I see someone unwrapping a burger, I do have that feeling. Yeah. Like, I can, literally anytime. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, I don't think that that was necessarily lost either. You know, when we talk about, if Luke and I and TBTL start talking about a certain fast food, whether it's nuggets, chicken tendies, of <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, what, whatever it happens to be. Chicken chunks, popcorn chicken. <laughs> chicken strips. Yeah. Chicken fingers. Whatever. Um, you know, if you talk about it enough, like right now, probably people are thinking like, I kind of want some chicken. We we're joking, but like <laughs> now I'm thinking about chicken fingers. And there's something I think, remember I, a really long time ago, I told you, I, I still think a great ad for M&Ms, a good commercial would be to lean into that, the simple sound of M&Ms being um, taken out of a bowl full yeah. of M&Ms. I just think it makes a very distinct sound. Like seeing Andy Warhol slowly kind of unwrap this burger, not slowly, not deliberately slowly, just how we all do it. It put me in the mood to want to bite into that burger. So I just think it was basic in that way as well. So um. This is the honey badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. <laughs> I hadn't watched that in a really, really long time. Um, yeah, but so, okay, good. Whoa, watch out, says that bird. Ew, it's got a snake. Oh, it's chasing a jackal. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'm glad that came around. I thought that was gonna. I thought that story was gonna be about how like Burger King is just telling itself lies to get through the night. No, Machado is a total yeah. cowboy. All right, look at the Machados on that guy. I know. <laughs> All right, should we check in with the ad council? Let's do it. All right. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All I know about this next piece is you have a note from Mr. Ryan, <laughs> and then you have in. I, I make headlines on the show sheet that are 18 font to right. like kind of differentiate the different segments of the show and see it quickly with my eye. You wrote OMG yes in 26 point yes. font. I can't believe this is what real. What is going on To the on point here. where I double-checked to make sure this wasn't some sort of hoax. Okay. Um, Listener Ryan sent me this commercial for Lincoln, the automobile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Not think the president. Well, that's where you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to narrate it because it's there's not a lot of dialogue in it. I see it's a, according to iSpot, it is an inactive commercial, but it did run in 2019. Yeah, I don't know where the hell this thing ran. I can't imagine seeing it in any form, like, in, in the wild. But it is on iSpot. It's not, like, it's not in some weird corner where yeah. it would be, like, someone's experimental project or whatever. So this okay. is for Lincoln. Um, it is in a, a, you know, a dimly lit, old-fashioned room, uh, like, from the, you know, 19th century uh, with some, you know, I it appears to be, like, you know, flame lit lamps or something. And what appears to be Abraham Lincoln, you know, dressed in period clothing is sitting at his desk working on writing something. And can I just point out that in iSpot TV, they will often list the actors, <laughs> our main actors. They don't list the actor. They list the actor as Abraham, <laughs> Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Wouldn't that be the character? This is definitely not a joke. They I didn't punk I spot or something. I mean, if they punked iSpot, then like, I don't know what to tell you. Like they punked everybody. Um, so there's Abraham Lincoln. He's 
sitting sort of like uh kind of i don't know like perturbed over this thing that he's writing he can't get it right i don't know if it's supposed to be the gettysburg address which he i think he famously wrote while he was in transit so who knows um and then he finds on his desk which somehow just appears there like they don't really explain like who brought it um he finds a little box about the size of you know a deck of playing cards he opens it up there's a you know an electronic key fob in there Hmm. He presses it and you hear a room sound of a Lincoln starting up in his <laughs> driveway, <laughs> carriageway. And then he tells Mary that they're going for a ride. Wait, well, I got to watch this. Hold on. I got to see this thing. Okay, he's pensively pacing around. He's writing something. This Gettysburg address is not going as he wanted it to. It's not even a good looking Lincoln. No. There's the box. Oh, it says happy, happy birthday. birthday. There's a key fob. He pushes the button. <laughs> the lights come in the through Lincoln the window. The Lincoln starts up. Out. Mary, get your coat. President Lincoln, we are forever proud to carry, <laughs> carry your, your name. name. <laughs> that is amazing. Isn't that amazing? And I just want to say, from listener Ryan, who really sums it up better than... I ever could. Is it just me, or is this the dumbest thing you've ever seen? Oh my god! And that is but what it's I, sublimely it dumb. It is sublimely is it knowingly dumb. dumb? No, I, if it is, it, like, it is so bonkers. I am. It, this is from the Wonderman Agency, and I'm looking to see, um, you know, if anybody has written anything about this. Not, not at first glance. Are Ryan and I the only people who are like? blown away that this is real this is pretty amazing I'm, I'm looking also now what other things have they done they've done a lot of um international stuff i see that they've done uh, uh when you look at their past work a lot of stuff in south africa the uk belgium france uh they did something for microsoft here in the u.s argentina i wonder where they're based and if i mean do they just not understand like is this like a French company? I mean, the no, they're is, they're based in North America, Latin America. They're just international. I don't mind the idea of like t- anachronisms in commercials. Like that's fine. What I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like we just talked about Lincoln, the Lincoln who's selling the five dollar Phillips or whatever from KFC. Um, I don't mind having a a, a character out of time, uh, like a famous character yeah. be out of time. But the way this is shot, it's like with the serious music and the all and the set dressing is very like richly imagined and conceived. Um, and it really looks like, you know, they've really they've gone to some effort to make it look period appropriate. And then it cut to this like new ass car outside this, you know, 19th century home and have Lincoln be like. And I and I also think like the. We know so much about Lincoln's life and his life with Mary Todd. Sure, yeah. And it's sort of a trap. I mean, his whole, everything about their mm-hmm. lives were sort of tragic. Like, it just feels so, like, such a tonal misstep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's so weird. And then, Lincoln, we share your we share your name. That is like, very strange. Is that who Lincoln Car Company is named after? I don't think so. That they is. Weren't fa- I know they weren't founded by the former president. I think their CEO at one point's name was Lincoln. I'm just like doing every. I am trying desperately to figure out. Like you're, I feel like uh, yeah, you I feel, feel like, like there's a key. There's like a missing. It feels that way. Keystone that, or that something. There's some piece of information that we're missing here that will make this all make sense. And I, and admittedly, cursory search could not find it. Wow, 
uh, Lincoln Bjorkman was the CEO, it looks like. Well, anyway, or no, the, the chief creative officer. Anyway, well, oh, my God, Ryan, yes. that was quite of a fun. That was quite a fine. <laughs> Ryan, write me back and tell me where you saw that. But wait, do you like it or not? I don't like it. But I... I think I like it. Does it make you want to buy a Lincoln? Well, nothing makes me want to buy a Lincoln. I don't really like those types of cars. But um, I mean, I, is it better or worse than the McConaughey ads? I guess that's oh, kind of better. the car. Because I think it's I think it's a joke. I mean, it's obviously meant to be like a bit of a punchline. Mary, get your coat. But I don't know if they get. It doesn't feel like they're like the joke is the joke that they think they're telling. I definitely. I mean, I, the 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 log line at the end I, maybe belies it a little bit because it's so earnest. I guess, but. I feel like it's a joke. Even, maybe even the tagline. The earnestness of it really is confusing, though. Can we reach out to the ad agency and just be like, can we get an interview with the people who worked on this commercial? We'd really like to know what's going on with it. Sure, I write people back who don't write me back all the time. <laughs> See, also ad age. Can the subject line just be, what? What? This is re- this is ranking high on the WTF. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the WUT meter. All right. Um, okay, we have one more. It looks like here from listener Dave. Yeah, this is from listener Dave, and I thought these were pretty uh, pretty funny. This is about a product called Inspired Closets. Now, closet selling, as I learned today, uh, is a is an industry. It's a it's a booming industry. Like organizers, or well, not really just organizing. There's a company like the guy called from Overboard. Yes, like <laughs> Kurt Russell from Overboard. That's you've nailed it. Um, everyone knows you build a closet out of cedar. I mean, he, he was wrong about right, that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's. Have you ever heard of California closets? They're probably the probably the best known uh, player in the industry. Are they related to the pizza factory? Isn't there a California pizza <laughs> factory too? Yes, uh, they, I think they're unrelated. Okay, uh, I mean they're both. I guess they were both the sons of Mr. California, and okay, one of them right. started a pizza factory, I and one see. of them started a closet <laughs> okay, company. Gotcha. Um, so there are these companies that like come to your house, and they essentially like yeah, like fit out like a a beautiful fancy closet for mm-hmm. you if you're like a rich person who needs a fancy Sounds closet. Nice. I guess. So inspired inspired closets um, is taking is doing that, but the way they're approaching their marketing is less like feature driven like i was looking at a california closets ad and it's like get this fish finished this like italian inspired wood grain this you know shoe cubby or whatever that's the like feature driven approach this is the like emotional driven approach and i have to say the little stories that they're telling in these closet commercials are pretty hilarious so in this first one Uh, You have an attractive white woman in her, you know, let's say early 40s, but like very well maintained. Um, And she is having a like a practice conversation in her enormous, like ultra luxe closet with like hundreds of shoe uh, cubbies filled with designer shoes. And like every, you know, everything is filled with perfect clothes. She's Those talk- shoes are living better than me. Yeah, these everyone, everything in this closet is living better than us. So she's having a conversation with, a, with an imagined hiring manager uh, about why she's been out of the workforce for so long. Oh, Ms. Hiring Manager, you're wondering why I have a decade-long gap on my resume? Well, I haven't been working working, but I've been working. I am confident I can pick up right where I left off. 
And then they, they show, obviously she's a, been a stay-at-home mom. They show a picture of her kids. Inspired days start in inspired closets. I am in such a weird space after that Lincoln ad <laughs> that for some reason... <laughs> I thought the point was she's been out of the workforce because she's been working on her closet. I see. They're just saying they're just super rich. She's getting ready to go back to work. Right. She's in her closet getting ready because it's more than a closet. It's got a mirror in there. She's putting on her earrings. She's. I mean, it is the size of an apartment. Yeah, she's getting ready for her job interview and she's going through answering that question. Um, And then we see the shot of the kids, uh, the picture of the kids, so so we know that she's been out of the workforce. I see. So. like, don't tell me a lady yeah. this rich hasn't been sitting on some boards or something. Yeah, that's true. And also, sweetie, why you got to work? You already have all this money. Did well, I just move the needle? Yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> Which in, way? In a direction. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you know, I don't want to I don't want to rich shame. I don't want to, you know, sure. affluent shame anyone. Like, if you've been out of the workforce, rich or poor, and you want to go back, good for you. I'd take that closet. Um, I think calling the imaginary person that she's having a conversation with Ms. Hiring Manager is kind of mm. hilarious. It's like, we need a signal to the audience that she's talking to a empl- potential employer. Right. How right. do we do that? I don't know. We just call them Ms. Hiring Manager. So, okay. And what's this next one? It's called, Hi, Michael. Yes. Michael. <laughs> this one. Our na- turbo boosts don't work today, Michael. You're going to have to go around the semi. That was my imitation of Kit. That was good. From Knight Rider. Yeah, it was really good. Um, this one is a, a woman who is um, imagining her first conversation with um, her adopted child. Hi, Michael. It's nice to meet you. I'm Amanda. Hi, Michael. It's so nice to meet you. Hi, Michael. I'm so happy to finally meet you. Hi, Ms. Michael. Did she ever say hi, Ms. Michael? <laughs> no. Damn. I'm Amanda. And then she looks at a picture of a little boy. This one, like, it really goes for the sort of emotional jugular, but it's more effective to me even still. But it does make me laugh because, as listener Dave wrote, my wife and I have been laughing at these commercials for the last couple of weeks. The fact that people talk to themselves in their closets, for one, imagining what would happen if one of the women walked in on the other and said, what are you doing in my closet? Because the closets do look pretty much the same. What if she's Ms. Hiring Manager? What if they're actually talking to each other? <laughs> that would be amazing. What if the why other have, ones will... Why have you been out of the workforce for 10 years? <laughs> there there are, like, women... Sometimes pe- there are women named Michael, right? Are there not? I mean, not a lot. Okay. And not, not a lot Not a lot who have a picture, who look like a picture of a little boy. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Um, but uh, also, this is Dave's uh, other note. Also, uh, we've changed the way we greet each other to, Hi, Michael. Oh, in their house? Yes. Hi, Michael. Um, Hi, Michael. I really like this unified theory that these we just are not seeing the women at the same time, but they're actually somehow talking to each other. Yeah, they're both just Looney Tunes, right? They, that's not even a closet. They're actually in a in an insane <laughs> yeah, asylum. They're, actually, they're just laying somewhere in some liquid, and yeah. and they're just imagining all of this Matrix style. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> you can sell. Anything you can sell anything. All right, how can people get a hold of us? You can call our voicemail line at 607-444-5597. Let me lay that on you a little bit slower. 607 444 
five five nine seven. So a lot slower. Yeah, was that okay? Nine seven were the last there. Um, we have some uh, voicemails that we're going to go uh, and share with you next week. By the way, so if you've left a voicemail, yes, we're, we're, we've got it. We see it. We see you out there. Um, you can email us after these messages show at Gmail, and you can still Facebook group us. Um, Dave, as Dave said, I know I've been a little less attentive on the Facebook group. Uh, site, please don't stop going there. Um, it is still absolutely uh, an important way that we get feedback, and I love the community. And it's not you, it's me. I we've been away from home and on vacation, and just sort of in a weird, busy place. But I will get back to the Facebook, so uh, don't abandon. Uh, in fact, encourage your friends to come join the Facebook group. I love how you answer. I love how people answer our questions. Are you a bot? Well, the first question is, are you a robot? And the second question is. Uh, Who's your favorite colonel, right? No, we cha- I changed it because uh, I felt like that was getting a little dated. So yeah. now it's a Chevy guy and what's a computer girl enter a room? Which one leaves? <laughs> so, oh wow, think about that. Wow, that's dark. All right, <laughs> that's fun, Veeves. Thanks for putting that together. Oh, uh, we both did. The rest Thank of you guys, you. we will talk to you next Tuesday. Spice and I'm Pisces rising, and you ain't Hoover. You suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover couldn't touch me. Backyards, kittens, puppies.